with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, you got my mic on? You're ready to go. We're ready to go. It's a Thursday, a Tuesday morning, and uh, Sandra Claremont not available for this morning, but uh, she'll be back next week with some great interviews. Uh, we have a full program lined up, including we're going to start with an interview Alan actually did a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago on the uh, Thursday evening post-to-post sports talk show. Uh, he uh, had a chat with Cole Waldy from the Prince George Spruce Kings. Is the BCHL still holding to the start date that I think they announced a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, still, still the same. Uh, but for the BCHL, the December first start date still a uh, yeah probable start date, so that's good. Um, hopefully that's where it stays. But it sounds like that's where we're going to get going, and uh, the preseason still continues on. So one more month of it, I guess. Now and then, you know, the, the regular season will kick off. Yeah, so now this is, it's probably about the same number of games as usual in your preseason, but it's spread out a lot more, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's eight games total on the schedule, and it's like three so far, and then another one next weekend. So, yeah, very spread out <laughs> over the two months, which is a good thing, though, I think. You know, I think um, sometimes kids get uh, two gung-ho games all the time, and um, I think practice is definitely a big thing. It's what the coaches love. They love practice. It makes the kids better, you know, finding details and just more time with the kids off the ice as well. There's a lot of other things and games that teams can work on, I think. I think the eight games over two months, uh, you know, it's not it's not too bad. And uh, it seems like it's been really going, you know, really good so far from our side of things. So now where is the, uh, again, probably with COVID restrictions, is there much more the Spruce Kings can do in terms of player movement, or are, is it basically what you've got is what you've got? Yeah, well, I mean, it's different in whatever rank you're at. So, I mean, in Merritt, you know, we can only bring 19 players, which is kind of interesting. Um, so we're really shorthanded there with players in Merritt, but it just depends on your municipality for numbers, right? So um, we had we have really good numbers. You can have your whole roster at 50 on the on the ice surface, so um, yeah, it's a little bit interesting wherever you go. We've only been to Merritt for preseason, mm-hmm. so can't really speak on any other other places that we've that have that we played. So um, I'm sure things will we'll start getting used to things, you know, once the season gets going again in December. Now, I just want to clear something up. You're saying you're only allowed to bring 19 players to Merritt. I'm assuming they're only allowed 19 as well. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> betcha. I think. Well, I think each team can bring a certain amount of their organization, whether it's like two coaches and a trainer and the players. So, um, so yeah, if you, if you could bring your 20 if you wanted, but then, you know, then you have to take out a coach or a trainer, which is tough to do. So, yeah. Now, is the broadcaster, the play-by-play person, because I'm guessing maybe not in the preseason, but in the regular season, will you be traveling with the team or are the numbers still so tight that they're kind of saying we're going to have to go with their broadcaster? I think, well, I think in the regular season it'll open up for the away broadcasters to come just because, you know, for people with radio deals and stuff like that, you know, sponsorships and stuff, you want to get your content on social media. So I think hopefully once the season gets going, I will be traveling I actually got to go to Merritt last weekend. It took a bit of a while to, to get that figured out, but I ended up getting the goal, which I was really fortunate enough to do. And uh, But, yeah, we have another trip in the Kootenays 
I don't think I'll be able to go, which is totally fine. So um, I think once the season comes around, though, hopefully, you know, I'll be I'll be able to go. So. So you were saying the start date for the BCHL at this point, and of course everything is still tentative, is December the 1st. Is there a schedule out yet for the Spruce Kings? Uh, there's not one put out yet to the public. We're still waiting on, on that. So um, obviously I'm assuming it's going to be coming out soon since you know it's pretty much a month away since <laughs> the season starts. So I'm assuming that schedule you know, will come out hopefully um, pretty soon. So now, have you gotten an indication from the league? Are they looking at Again, almost like cohorts of teams where you will only play certain teams in the BCHL this year? Yeah, pretty much how it's going to work. I think every team, whether it be cohorts for, you know, in, in your division, and then I think you'll be, you'll be able to have time, you'll have a couple weeks off, and you can actually switch your cohorts. So you go to have other teams so you can play everyone in your in your conference, which is really good. It's, I think it's a smart way to do it because when playoffs come around, you know, you can, you'll have some sort of familiarity with with a team you know, going to the playoffs. So I think that's what they're leaning towards. So I think that'll be a really good thing for for the league. And I know, and I can guarantee that it's going to be, you know, done the proper way and the safe way for, you know, this whole thing to be done successfully. Now, are they looking, like I'm pretty sure um, when I was talking with Fraser Rogers from the Cougars, they were saying most of their games they're looking at are going to be Friday and Saturday, and that's usually what the BCHL does anyways. Are they looking even more at just having that this year? I think that's, that'll be the majority, yeah. I think Friday, Saturday is kind of the, kind of the, the way to do it. We may have a 3-3 three and three on the road where you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I know for our home games, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be Friday, Saturday. It was always Friday, Saturday, just in the 58-game schedule we had, too, right? Obviously, yeah. we have the you know the occasional weekday games, so those will probably get minimized because it's a shortened schedule. So Friday, Saturday is probably what it's looking like, especially you know for the majority of the home games. And so those will probably, the home games then will almost certainly be double-headers. Like, you won't be seeing yeah. two different teams on the weekend. It'll be one team will come up here and play you guys Friday and Saturday. Yeah, you betcha. We didn't really have that last year. We would have, yeah. I, think, I think we had four or five teams come for doubleheaders, but when we would play out of division, yeah. it would be like a Friday against Vernon and a Saturday against Cowichan or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what it used to be like, but it sounds, yeah, I think we'll, it'll be doubleheaders for sure. Okay. Now, if I remember correctly, I think you guys did make a couple of player moves this week, and you were able to keep it fairly close to home. Yeah, for sure. We, there's, Still two open roster slots that, that Mike Hawes had, and he was able to add two northern guys in Connor Bowie and Aiden Reeves from the Cougars on loan until December 20th once uh, the Western League training camps kick off. And, yeah, both great kids. Aiden's uh, familiar with the Spruce Kings. He played seven games with the team last year. He knows how Alex coaches. He knows the players that are returning. I think that was kind of it was good for him to come back and just some familiar surroundings. And obviously, he'll make it a lot easier when he comes with a teammate and Connor Bowie. So, um, seems like they've really transitioned in. They really like it uh, with the first Kings so far. They like the, the tempo, the practices, and how it's been run. And you know, I think they're just honestly excited to get some games and then be up to speed once the Western League starts. And uh, I can't speak uh, for Mike, but I know that him and Mark Lamb um, have a really good relationship, and they're all for it. And you know, they're just excited, again, that these two kids can get the opportunity to get some games in at a high level before going to an even higher level of the Western League, which, again, kicks off January 8th. Now, again, this training camp, we were talking about this earlier, 
eight games, which is about the same length as you usually have in the preseason, but spread out over a much longer time. So that must have been a bit of a challenge for Alex and the rest of the coaching staff trying to figure out, because you don't want to overcoach during training camp. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, again, Alex and, and Lou Castro, and he was just a coach, they, they love the details, mm-hmm. and, like, that's how they work, and video, and I think they, it's just cool to, I guess, for them to do different, they do different stuff every day, obviously, you know, there's not going to be a, a practice every day, there'll be skills development, we have Nick Drzenovic as well as our, our skills coach, right, so he's out there every once in a while, um, Jason Garneau, new assistant coach, who comes out, and, you know, it's, there's always something different going on, like, for example, this week, there's special teams practice, there's forwards development, there's D development, and there's a bunch of stuff. We have a four-on-four game on Saturday. Um, so it's just a little bit of everything I think they're trying to implement. You know, give them different situations when we go into those games. And, uh, yeah, again, he said it's spread out. You know, we play Merritt a lot in the preseason. Mm-hmm. We've already played them three times. You know, again next week and then again later in the month. So, um, no, yeah, I just think that they're really, the coaching staff's really good with, you know, giving the kids different types of practices. And, you know, keeping everything, you know, fresh uh, each week. And again, the players who are here and going through the training camp or the preseason, I guess they're calling it this year, and the games, these are basically the guys who are going to be on the roster for game one, hopefully right after December the 1st. Yep, you betcha. This is, this is the roster, the role, as it sounds like. So um, the other 25 guys, um, you know, it's weird having 25, obviously, because you, know, you can't really have affiliated players with COVID, so you know you guys probably saw that we you know we added a third goalie a few weeks ago in Jordan Fairley, and again just you know for reasons you got to have three goalies you can't have an AP, so um, you got to be safe and more safe and sorry for sure. But yeah, this is the 25. I think the Spurs Kings are, are going to roll with going into the season, and uh, really excited about the group. Um, it's a fun team to watch. They really care about one another. You can already tell about three games in a lot of BCHL experience. I actually did the numbers just the other day of BCHL experience and man games around the league, and the Spruce Kings have the most uh, by far, by over 300 games. They have over 1,100 games of experience in the BCHL, which is quite something going at, you know, into a, you know, obviously an unprecedented year, but, you know, there's definitely no excuse for this team to you know, go on a playoff run and hopefully, you know, do some big things down the road. And I'm thinking the other thing is the extended training camp and the restricted rosters to some extent is it's also making it a little bit easier for Alex and the rest of the coaches because normally at this point, even say two weeks before the regular season would start, they would still probably be looking at, okay, who are the last couple of guys we're going to cut? Well, they don't have to worry about that now. The guys they've got are the guys who are going to be here. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like like a college team, right? Like you have teams that you know, practice in the, in the fall for a bit, and then their schedule starts. I kind of found that a little bit of a similarity. But, yeah, it's, this is – I think that's another reason why the extended training camp is good. You know, you have more time for the team to, you know, bond on and off the ice, whether, you know, when teams come in August, they have maybe one or two weeks, and then, you know, the season starts yeah. in September. So um, this is good, obviously, for all the teams in the league, and I think, you know, that might even up the up the competition the pace of play is a you know, with the extended training camp. There's gonna be some you know, excited kids ready to get the season going and they're every team's gonna be gelling around the league is because of how much you know, how much time they've had together over these past two to three months. Now, has there been any late word 
from the province, I'm guessing, or possibly Hockey BC, on whether or not fans are going to be allowed in the building. Yeah, not not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, it's going to look like no fans to start the season for sure. Um, yeah, I'm still not sure. I know it's, it's different in each province, um, but yeah, we're still waiting. If we once we're able to, once we're able to be allowed to have fans, obviously we're going to take full advantage <laughs> of that. That's for sure. But yeah, right now it is no fans, and it, we had our first home game just this past Sunday, and it was quite different mm-hmm. having no fans in our rink. But uh, that's the times we're living in right now, and we all have to adjust. And it seems like everyone's you know doing their part, which is good. And if we keep doing that, hopefully, again, we get fans in the rink, hopefully, sooner than later, that's for sure. So you've played at Rolling Mix Concrete Arena, obviously. You've played down in Merritt. Were there any differences in terms of um, the way things were set up because of COVID? Like, did you have to come in and out through different entrances than you normally would? Yeah, yeah. So we did have our own entrance when we got in there in Merritt. Um, I mean, you, there's a way, there's only one way you're supposed to go. Like, So I went to the away booth. I had to go a certain way to get there. Um, there's spots that are closed off. Um, they're, yeah, they're very serious about it over there in Merritt. So, yeah, it's a little bit different, but it's it was pretty straightforward when we got there. It was business as usual. And then, you know, at our rink, obviously, we had the front door locked still. We can't have people in there. So, um, you know, one team would have to come in the side door. We would come in the other door. So, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more, you know, serious with the way the teams enter the rink. But, you know, once the game starts, it seems, you know, it seems fairly normal with the exception, and again, of no fans in the stands. So I'm guessing then for the next, for the last couple of preseason games where you're not just going to be in merit, and then for when the regular season starts, you're going to have to make sure you're in um, communication with the other team so that everybody knows what entrance they use and any other maybe different rules in their building. Yeah, you betcha. So the staff will be talking to the other coach on the, on the other team. Usually that's how it works whether they're texting or calling, you know, daily of how things are going to be run. So, yeah, it's one of the coaches to, to figure that part out. And, you know, they seem like, yeah, I feel like all the coaches, for the most part, get along. So um, they get all the guidelines on how everything's run. So, no, yeah, it's, it's good for sure. Okay, so Cole Waldy, if people want the latest on what's happening with the Spruce Kings and the BCHL, what's the website? Uh, sprucekings.bc.ca. Yeah, all the news is there. Um, our roster is there. If you want to check out the team's roster, um, stats, we have our shop that's been running very well. Um, a lot of purchases have been, you know, coming through our, our website, which is awesome. Keep Make sure you keep, uh, you know, shopping there. We have a lot of stuff still in stock, so a lot of good stuff. Get yourself geared up for watching online on Hockey TV. Um, that's on there, too, our Hockey TV link if you want to watch uh, any of our games. That's on there. Our mixer audio links on there, and a lot more. Um, we're hopefully working on our winter development camp for the kids. Um, we've had our summer hockey school, our fall development, and we're hoping for a winter development. Just waiting on some some nice times to get finalized. So that'll come up on our website soon too. So there's a lot, a lot to offer. Obviously, our social media too. Um, on Twitter at Spruce Kings, our Facebook, um, our Instagram as well has been running really well. So yeah, a lot of spots to you know to follow us and. Keep up to date with, you know, everything Spruce Kings. And it's, again, season's just coming around the corner quick. 
So it's really exciting times, when, especially when the season gets rolling. So that's Alan Wishart from a week ago last Thursday. I'm talking with uh, Cole Waldy from the Spruce Kings about the BCHL. Uh, they are going ahead tentatively starting in December and the way they'll do that as uh, Cole I believe mentioned in that interview is uh, playing in their own cohorts. Spruce King's doing quite well in the uh, their cohort during the uh, uh, exhibition season. So far though they've only played the Merritt Centennials. They've beat them by two goals or more in all but one of the games. I think they've played four or f- four, four games now. Uh, all very much uh, one-sided victories for the Spruce Kings. So that kind of bodes well, but we'll see uh, see how they match up against uh, Cranbrook and Trail, the other two teams in their cohort in the coming weeks ahead. And fingers crossed they'll be doing that uh, regular season in December, uh, and we expect the schedule to be available uh, sometime the next, I would say, the next week or so. So uh, do you think that's going to catch on? What's that? You're no longer going to be calling them divisions, or you're just going to be calling them cohorts? Well, they are cohorts because technically the new BCHL is divided into two divisions of nine teams each. How they're going to play that out in the playoffs is yet to be determined, but that'll be interesting as well because you have uh, one cohort with four teams, the other cohort with five teams, so you have to go through the, the process of whittling those down to the the, two, the one team from each cohort to play and then the winner of that going against the other divisions uh, winner. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just like the term. Cohort, you know, yeah. The Northwest cohort. Can I well, adopt that they, and be like a hockey? They can't even call it that because you've got Prince George, Merritt, and then two teams in the Kootenays. <laughs> okay, quick break, and uh, we're expecting a guest to come in. If not, we have plenty of things to talk about here uh, this morning on the Tuesday edition of After 9. Throughout your life, the information you need to thrive and survive continually changes. Tune in to 93.1 CFIS-FM, Tuesday afternoons at 1 for Senior Moments. Each week, Sharon Hurd and AJ will talk with the movers and the shakers in our community to keep you in the loop with the information you need from the people who know it best. Sponsored by Riverbend Manor, Tuesday afternoons at 1 with a rebroadcast, Tuesday nights at 9, Senior Moments. Only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hello from Tops and Bottoms. We are now seeing our clients by appointment only. Please wear your mask too since the fitting will not allow for much social distance. To make an appointment, please visit our website topsandbottoms.ca or Google us and find the book link. You can also call the store at 250-614-1553. Tops and Bottoms at the corner of 2nd and Victoria. In October 2001, the Canadian government joined a United States-led multinational coalition to overthrow the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. Canada helped to rebuild Afghanistan's system of government, education, and security forces. The Canadian participation in Afghanistan ended on 15 March 2014. There were 164 Canadians, including five civilians, who were killed, and over 2,000 Canadians were injured in the Afghanistan fighting. This Remembrance Day moment brought to you by Prince George City Councillor Terry McConaughey, who reminds you to please observe two minutes of silence on Remembrance Day to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, lest we forget. 
Forecast for Environment Canada. Mainly cloudy today with a 60% chance of flurries. Wind from the north at 20 this afternoon. A high of minus 1 with a wind chill to minus 9. A few clouds tonight and a low of minus 9. For Wednesday, sunny and a high of minus 2. So... Featuring the people who make well, things it, it is, though. Prince George. It is. You're it, listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we're back. I can't, I can't hear because I don't have any headphones, so I just sort of... Uh, <laughs> I was expecting uh, a guest to show up, but I haven't seen him so far. But eventually, um, I believe uh, Christian Goudreau from the World Financial Group will be in because this is uh financial literacy month oh is it didn't know that did you no you know it seems like there seems to be a a month for everything yeah there's only 12 months well and someone asked me once he said who who decides this where do who who makes this decision i said i don't know i just someone out there it's like some of those post book uh or facebook posts that you see where someone will post uh yeah it's stay at home with my dog and drink wine day it's not official. I just decided that's what it is today. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I mean, you know, coming up in November is uh, uh, donate all your money to Wayne Day. There you go. So I'm looking forward to that day. Big yeah. Day. Well, every day is a scramble to try to keep the bills paid day in my house. <laughs> oh. Oh, what do you, hey, you're not, you're plugged in, you're ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, I keep getting So uh, what were some of the topics we were going to talk about today? Oh, Snow, you, you got... You almost took a snow day. Yeah. Well, yeah, up by the airport, it was, yeah, a lot of snow. But uh, I was pretty lucky. Just the day before, my brother-in-law put a blade on my quad. Oh, well, there you go. So I didn't get to use it yet. He was ripping around cleaning up all the snow. But but, um, it made these kind of um, snow banks. So when I had to leave this morning... Um, <laughs> there was one in the way. Yeah, it made it a little more difficult to leave, but that's okay. That's that's why I don't mind shoveling because you don't get those uh, those uh, what do they call them? Mountains, snow hills. Well, there's a, a term for it uh, when you plow stuff and well, whatever. Anyway, you don't get that when you're you actually do a use a shovel. You can get no. it nice and clean. And I'm impressed with YRB. They're on they're on the ball when it comes to the highway. Clean oh, for sure. You know, they're... Yeah, I, well, I know uh, back before uh, the new stretch of highway from uh, from the Mr. G out to uh, basically Tabor Mountain, that stretch of highway wasn't always there. You had to go down what is now the old Caribou Highway. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, down the old Caribou Highway and Giscombe Road. Right. That was the, that was the highway. Right, yeah. So back in the day... Uh, we actually, it's still, once you get to the, um, uh, to the city limits line, you can notice the different difference even to this day where, uh, well, this is where YRB takes over because it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the city's in charge because, well, they'll get to it. Well, you know, there isn't a large population out there, so I get it. There's some main arteries. Well, going on yeah, in the you've city got to, you've got to look after the, the major thoroughfares in the city before you start doing the outer stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I got to get used to that. Where I lived before, it was plowed before I even got up. I mean, it was yeah. along a bus route and whatnot, so they're pretty diligent about that. Now I get out there and I haven't seen a plow yet. Yeah. Well, I was almost going to say, uh, with your potential snow day, do you need a bigger truck? 
because you've got a decent sized truck should be able to handle some snow yeah 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 uh, well yeah or into a ditch yeah yeah so uh what else were we going to talk about? Oh, well, there's a couple of big uh, celebrities pass away recently. That's right. Uh, Sean Connery. Well, that's that's a while ago. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, uh, famous Canadian dead celebrities for a thousand, Alex. Uh, Alex Trebek. What is Trebek? What is Trebek? Well, that's one. Do you know the other one? Howie Meeker passed Howie away. Howie Meeker. Yeah. And Howie was 90. He, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, and this, I, I saw on Facebook recently, I don't know if you've watched Hockey Night in Canada the, recently, but they have uh, uh, Kevin Baxa, the former Vancouver Canuck defenseman, right. is now on their uh, intermission panelists, and uh, people are loving him. Cause he, and one guy quoted uh, or said on, on Facebook that uh, he's the best thing that's happened to Hockey Night in Canada since Howie Meeker because he, he delves into things and, and, and looks at plays from an angle that you would never think of like Howie used to do. Like right. he would always analyze things to death, almost. Yeah, right? well, that was just, that was the thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and you go, wow, okay, sure, Howie, I, I'll believe you. Exactly. <laughs> I noticed one of his socks was a little lower than the other sock, and that threw him off. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, quite the legend when it comes to hockey. Yeah. And uh, Kitchener you, boy, right? Um, I believe so. Do you know his uh, first big claim to fame? I guess in hockey. I don't. Hmm? You should uh, put your mic oh, near Calder. your mouth. Yeah, he got the Calder Trophy. Didn't yeah, he won the. He was the Rookie of the Year when he broke into the league with the Leafs, and actually, he was on. Uh, I believe it is four uh, Stanley Cup winning teams with the Leafs. He was also a so, member of Parliament. So that's a rare. That's becoming a rare uh, breed. Uh, Stanley Cup winners with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, guys. That era is past. (laughs) Go Leafs, go. Yes, and he did. He was, uh, let's see, where was it here? He won, this was 1951, Waterloo South. Uh, It was a by-election because of the death of uh, a guy named Carl Homuth. And uh, Howie Meeker won that election to sit uh, in uh, Parliament as a progressive conservative back in the uh, early 50s. When he made a great critic of, of one of the other ministers, I tell you. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I believe he only lasted the uh, the one term, though. So, But yeah. uh, his, his hockey career, despite winning the uh, Calder Trophy, not very long, really. Uh, his totals in the NHL, only 346 games played, uh, 83 goals, 102 assists, 185 points. It was so, his back that put him out, wasn't it? Oh, it could be. I, I didn't read. Uh, he was also involved in the Special Olympics. It says that he was uh, involved in launching the Special Olympics Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh. And uh, his philanthropic work is, you know, renowned. So this guy's had a pretty, you know, 92 years old. He's had a pretty full life. Oh, for sure. And, uh uh, yeah, not quite as full for Alex Trebek, but we'll talk a little bit about Alex because he had a pretty good go and perhaps, well, definitely, definitely more fame than Howie Meeker uh, right after this quick break. 
The United Way of Northern B.C. has completed the final round of funding through Canada's Emergency Community Support Fund. The total allocated was $858,000 to 44 agencies and 55 programs across Northern B.C. The United Way of Northern B.C. continues to strive to fill resource gaps created by the COVID-19 crisis with their Maximum Impact Fund. To help out, visit unitedwaynbc.ca slash donate. More information is available at unitedwaynbc.ca. The United Way of Northern BC. Give, volunteer, act. Ooh, big hit on the boards. Never mind the hip check. Looks like it's time for a gut check. Western University, the Prince George Cougars, and the YMCA of Northern BC present Hockey Fans in Training, a free program for men 35 to 65 who love the Cougars and are looking to lose weight and get fit. Hockey Fit is a three-month off-ice program that promotes a healthier lifestyle. Go behind the scenes in the arena and receive training from certified Hockey Fit coaches. To join Hockey Fit, visit hockeyfansintraining.org. The next Vantage Point virtual workshop is on board fundamentals, board diversity and inclusion. Today from 1 to 4, program participants will learn key concepts and strategies for creating diversity on their board. Equip your board with tools to create a culture that actively embraces a spectrum of voices and lived experiences. Cost is $95 for members and $115 for non-members. Registration and full details are available at thevantagepoint.ca. Board Fundamentals, Board Diversity and Inclusion, today from 1 to 4 online. This is what your local cafe sounded like before COVID. And your local gym. And your local corner store. This is what they sound like now. COVID-19 hits small businesses hard, but sometimes making a difference is as easy as buying local or saying thank you. Win a prize for you and your favorite local business by entering the contest at smallbusinesseveryday.ca. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, so we're going to talk about Alex Trebek a little bit. Uh, before we get to that, though, a correction on Howie Meeker. He was actually 97, so three years short of uh, hitting the century mark yeah. and had just celebrated his 97th birthday back on the 4th. Yeah, so uh, Alan Wishart yesterday, he said, uh, he said there's a stat out there that indicates uh, that uh, many people of advanced age will pass away shortly after a significant date, like a birthday or Christmas or, or something like that, right? So uh, certainly was the case this time. Sometimes it's prior to it. Yeah, they didn't just didn't quite make it. Well, yeah. uh, anyway. But I guess uh, it's coincidence. Alex Trebek, on the other hand, it was a case of uh, lost the battle with cancer, which right. we knew the last few years he's been struggling with and surprisingly i did not I, I thought he had beat it because we kept seeing him on jeopardy for these special programs that they had and just i believe it was last week they had one and uh yeah it was uh him just going to work despite the fact that he was well, i think the initial uh chemotherapy um he went into remission things were looking good yeah and then a few months after that it came back twice as bad yeah, yeah. Well, and he decided he wasn't going to continue with the, the death rate is 95%. Right. I mean, that's that's one that we if you don't catch early, your chances of surviving are pretty nil. Well, at the, the moment, that's, you that's, never know. That's the pancreatic cancer. That's the pancreatic yeah. cancer. Yeah. And and he um uh I I believe when they discovered it it was already at stage 4. He was already so at stage it four, was yeah. 
Yeah, it was pretty advanced when they then when they realized it. Uh, we carry uh, CBC's front burner uh, every every evening at around uh, eleven o'clock. It's on. And last night they did a whole show on Alex Trebek. Oh, nice! And I, I managed to catch it. And uh, one of the neat things I she was talking, uh, the host talked with uh, one of the uh, top guests or top uh, contestants from Jeopardy, and talked a little bit about their relationship. Uh, and she also talked about uh, some of the parodies and spoofs right. that happened. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live did one. Uh, that was quite good, the Celebrity Jeopardy edition. Yeah. Uh, but the one that Alex liked best was actually the one SCTV did of him being the host and moderator of Reach for the Top. Oh, yes, with Eugene Levy. <laughs> with Eugene Levy. Yeah. And, and he, oh, yeah, getting frustrated. <laughs> he, he enjoyed that one uh, better because he thought Eugene Levy... Uh, really nailed it with the mustache and the look that he had. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I see it now in my mind. I remember but, and the frustration he was having uh, uh, and yeah. trying to keep his composure. It's a yeah, classic. Because <laughs> if if anyone uh, can remember watching Reach for the Top, one of the one of the norms for that show was the kids would buzz in before the question was completely asked, yeah. and then they'd guess. And then they'd get it wrong, and <laughs> you could just see the, the host getting a little frustrated. Anyway, uh, but that shows, <clears throat> that's one thing that Alex had was a great sense of humor, and he loved he loved both of them. He thought they were both hilarious, but he really enjoyed that SCTV Maybe skit. Maybe a little bit of the Canadian. Well, the Canadian, exactly. Story. The fact that it was uh, <laughs> a Canadian spoof on a very Canadian uh, kind of topic. I don't know. They, they they don't do that anymore. The reach for the top, do they? Well, they did something here, I think. It oh was. yeah, they used to do a, a trivia one here, and I yeah. th I don't know if they're still doing I know that. Trivia, but, but uh, facts. Anyway. Yeah, it was it was similar to reach for the top, but yeah, um, uh, Catherine Hansen was. Uh, well, Mike Benny and Catherine Hansen right. both uh, were involved in that uh, through uh, Patterson Broadcasting and CKPG. So, uh, of course, right now with everyone concerned with uh, COVID, I'm sure those sort of things are kind of on hold until, until we get back to some kind of normalcy. Uh, another thing they talked about for Alex, uh, speaking of a sense of humor, is uh, there was one show recently where... Uh, where the contestants backstage were discussing maybe going out uh, without pants on because they're behind those those uh, uh, lecterns, I guess yeah, you'd call them. And, and so you can't even see them from the waist down. And he said, yeah, we should go, go out without any pants on. And Alex overheard them, and so he walked out without any pants on. That on and yeah, that was on TV last night. They showed it. Yeah, and and uh, and and he started off by saying, uh, you know, making a comment about it, and let's uh, let's take a look behind and see if the contestants did the same. <laughs> did they? Oh, I, I don't know, uh, but that's just how how what well, a great he was so nonchalant. Oh, for sure, out, right? Like nothing's wrong yeah here. yeah I got, I got my boxers on yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, kind of like johnny carson that you know a lot of people watched uh, jeopardy for 36 years yeah and he starts to feel like part of the family right yeah and that's one of the things uh one of the well the the guy that uh, uh the lady was interviewing last night uh, long time top contestant he actually was born around the time the show started and his dad always watched so he grew up watching it all the way 
and then managed to become a, a contestant and a winner oh, wow. and, and got to know Alex quite well because of that, right? <clears throat> but it's, yeah, it's quite the, um, quite the legacy for a, a great Canadian, to say the least. That's right, yeah. Uh, age 80. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it hadn't been for cancer, he might have easily cracked the 100 mark and and it just seemed like he was going to be the host of that show as long as he was alive and that was the case as <laughs> that it was. was the case i mean he started yeah. out with cbc i imagine yeah he actually started out in the news department and then uh, went on to uh, uh hosting a variety show and then on to uh, yeah music hop yeah 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 i remember seeing a picture of him with um oh gee who was gordon it? lightfoot gordon lightfoot that's yeah right. That's a clip they used last night. Was him introducing Gordon Lightfoot on that show? Boy, they look young. Yeah, I would. I would imagine. <laughs> well, well, when he started uh, CBC News, he was uh, still. I think he was only eighteen at the time. So he he, he got into it at a very young age, and uh, but it didn't take long before he got into the the uh, quiz show. And uh, he started out with the Reach for the Top, 1967 through 1970. Right, I remember. He was the host. Now, I read about his uh, moderation of a debate in Pennsylvania's governor's race. Oh, yeah. Which kind of went a little bit sideways. Um, you know, he was uh, um, dominating the, the debate by talking for most of it. And uh, he was debating some of the candidates himself. So it didn't quite go the way no. he wanted it to go. He was never asked back again for that. So. Yeah, well, that's the tough part about being a moderator, as we saw. With a political opinion. Uh, well, <laughs> even if even if you try not to have one, sometimes, as we saw in this last election, it's, it's a little hard to keep it on the rails. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, other things going on in and around Prince George here on After 9. The Prince George Bruce Kings are giving back with their buy one, gift one voucher promotion. Buy a $10 voucher for a Spruce Kings regular season game, and for each purchase, the Spruce Kings will gift a voucher to a local essential worker in thanks for their efforts. For full details on the buy one, gift one voucher promotion, visit sprucekings.bc.ca. The buy one, gift one voucher promotion from your Prince George Spruce Kings. Giving back to our local heroes. Hi, I'm Tom Savage. We love our Spotify. We love our Apple Music. It's a wonderful thing to have all the music in the world at your fingertips. But the big downside is that these streaming services pay fractions of a penny per streamed artist. And that doesn't buy a lot of groceries. So if you're really digging in an album, reach out to that musician or band. Make a donation. Buy some physical merchandise. Help them keep creating great music for you. We can't rely on giant corporations to do the right thing. We as music fans need to put our own value on music. Let's keep that creative engine going. Following a United Nations Security Council resolution, which was not vetoed as the Soviet Union was boycotting the meeting, the United Nations authorized intervention in Korea. Over 26,000 Canadians served with UN forces in the Korean War from June 25, 1950 to July 27, 1953, with several troops remaining for another three years as peacekeepers. 516 Canadians were killed in the Korean War. This Remembrance Day moment brought to you by Coop Spike Shop in the Nicholson Center. On Remembrance Day, please take time to honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy in this great country of ours. Forecast for Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today with a 60% chance of flurries. Winds in the north at 20 this afternoon, a high of minus 1 with a wind chill to minus 9. A few clouds tonight and a low of minus 9. For Wednesday, sunny and a high of minus 2. 
This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's a snowy Tuesday morning. I keep wanting to say Thursday because yeah, I'm, I heard that I'm, always, yeah. I'm always in this chair on a Thursday. But uh, Sandra Claremont not able to make it in today, so myself and Wayne and... Yeah, we're just talking about Alex Trebek, and you you, you had some other interesting uh, things to pass along about uh, his. He 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 often did cameos on on different shows and and different little, uh, you know, he'd show up as this on this and and whatnot. <clears throat> right in the um, the movie um, Arthur, mm-hmm. he played Alex Lebeck, right. the host of Riddle Quest. Yeah. And uh, another example that uh, he didn't take himself too seriously. Uh, my favorite cameo was uh, the one from just uh, a month ago, uh, the 2020 NHL entry draft. He uh, he announced uh, the Ottawa Senators' third overall pick. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. saw that, yeah. That so that was kind of a cool thing. He did it in the style of a Jeopardy question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, of course. So <laughs> that's his thing. I'm wondering what the eulogy is going to sound like. Oh well, I don't know. Well, I don't think we want. Who wanna... was Alex Trebek? Yes. Well, he was a man of many talents. I would yeah, say a very generous man, as you were saying too. Uh, so, as I mentioned, a snowy Tuesday, and um, it's uh, that's the forecast for the next little while. We're going to get uh, only a sixty percent chance of flurries today. Oh, so. No. It'll come and go throughout the day, uh, but then tomorrow flurries, and then Friday, or sorry, tomorrow is going to be mainly sunny, so one off for Remembrance Day. Oh, nice. The, the sun will come out tomorrow, oh, nice. uh, and then back to flurries on Thursday, and snow on Friday, and flurries on Saturday, so uh, get out the shovel, folks. Sit in the house. Or sit tea. in the house, yeah. That's, that's uh, I mentioned that uh, a few weeks back, we had a lady from the Nordic Ski Club in on our uh, post-to-post program, and I mentioned that off-air, that I, I don't mind when it's uh, nice and snowy out because you don't feel guilty sitting down and watching <laughs> a movie <laughs> on television because it's snowing out there. It's <laughs> not much to do except go out and shovel every once in a while. Fair enough. But yeah. I'm sure all the skiers are just salivating right now. Oh, for oh, sure. Staring out the window. <laughs> well, I imagine, uh, speaking of the uh, Caledonia uh, Oddway ski trails they'll they'll probably be up and running if not already because uh, they do have a smoke snow making machine and social distancing they've got tons of room out there for skiers well, to look, just it, go look, if that isn't open come on up to the buckhorn there's lots of room for cross-country skiers on the roads <laughs> lots of snow and just out in the back bush there you go yeah it, stay it, off the roads you know, it's hard to believe it's exactly a week since the American election, and 90% of the world and the Democratic Party and a number of Republicans, too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, think it's over, but there's a number of them that don't. Um, it, it's it's well, just a... the the sad latest news is uh, Bill Barr has said there will be an investigation. Yeah, but they don't have any... Well. You know, there just doesn't well, seem to be any inv- anything no. to investigate. and most uh, most of the uh, challenges in the court are getting tossed out because there's no inve- there's no actual evidence. I saw one on uh, this week uh, this week tonight with uh, John Oliver, and he played a, a, a clip that showed a Zoom style meeting with the lawyer and the judge, and and the lawyer is talking about uh, 
the evidence that uh, he has first-hand knowledge from from a witness who heard someone say <laughs> and the judge said yeah that's hearsay it's yeah. not admissible yeah, I think that you, is hearsay i think so, you took that in year one in law school <laughs> didn't you yeah, yeah. So, hearsay? yeah so I, I wonder how many of these lawyers are being told by trump or his team you need to go in and tell them this this is our legal stance and the lawyer's going well okay he's paying the bill exactly <laughs> i'll i'll do the best i can well i'd heard in nevada that they'd said that there was these ten thousand ballots that had been uh reappropriated from from republican to democrat and, and then when they boiled it all down it came down to this one lady who had a ballot that she said she'd voted for trump and that it had gotten changed to um, Biden. So going from 10,000 to one person is, you know. <laughs> yeah, but was even that? No. That I, wasn't even valid, No, it? No, it wasn't. As no. a matter of fact, the, they said that if, if your ballot had been spoiled, it was a mail-in ballot. If your ballot had been spoiled, sign this document to void it, and you can vote again. She chose not to. Well, there you go. So, you know. Well, the process is there, right? And, and, and he has every right to do that. I yeah. mean, I... I'm not. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's not my country. It's it's the Americans. They have a right to vote whoever they want in. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's 50 or 71 million people that still support Donald Trump too. So yeah. You know. Well, here's see the interesting. Voting or gloating yeah. and whatnot it just seems kind of distasteful. It's like go through the process. And here's here's the interesting part about that. I was uh, looking at the numbers from the election, and you had. Uh, 76 million votes for Biden and uh, 71 and a half million for Donald Trump. Then there was another 70 million that didn't even vote. Yeah. So, uh, and and this is this sort of uh, dawned on me thinking, looking at, at all the ramifications and it's all in the courts, very little on the street. And, and, uh, and I thought, well, of course there's not a lot on the street because let's say 80% being generous, 80% of the people that voted for Trump were were uh, adamant, very dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporters. Right, and, and I don't think that changed over the well, course of two elections. Actually, it maybe increased a little bit. Um, no, but let's, let's just say that. So uh, it's not even 70 million, and that's a third of the total voting population. So really, you're the minority. Do you want to be out on the streets... Uh, protesting in hopes that your guy gets back in and then risking the fact that he doesn't and you end up with a criminal record or something? Well, <laughs> So it, it, I think when you look at it that way, they don't, that, that core uh, Trump support, they don't have the support of the guy in charge anymore. So it's a little harder for them to w walk out the door and start protesting when they don't know where that's going to end up. And you well, have to agree the Republicans on the streets right now, they are quite subdued. They've drawn so, back. Yep. The worst you see right now is them packing their guns. That's intimidation. That's all they're doing is packing their rifles. Right. Which is uh, standard, isn't it, in the States? Yeah, well, they did <laughs> that. I'm going to a protest. Don't forget your gun. Yeah, they did it prior to the election. <laughs> so two guys that came out of Virginia in their big Hummer. Right. And went into Pennsylvania. And um, they were caught with their handguns on them. And then they checked out the Hummer and they found uh, an RK rifle with all the ammunition and stuff like that. Yeah, they came from Virginia to go into Pennsylvania to start something up. Yeah. The only problem is 
they're legal in Virginia with packing their gun, but the law is different in Pennsylvania. Right. That's why they were arrested. Well, and you're going to find that on both sides. There's that small element of radical that, you know, it kind of paints the other party. But, you know, what I thought was interesting is I was watching Fox News, and I watched Fox News because I thought if if once Fox News calls the election, yeah. then it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Because I'd, I'd heard that they'd passed around a memo that told the anchors, do not call him the president-elect. Call him the president who has enough electoral votes to be president. Wow. And actually, I watched the show, and they actually were saying that, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. But they also said, there's a fellow on there that said, you know, Donald Trump received the most votes in the history of the United States n- next to Biden. <laughs> As a Republican. Yeah. But, but yeah. I thought that was, that was so funny. It was like... <laughs> Okay, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll talk some more about this and a little bit about Fox News in a moment here on After 9. Here are this week's announcements from Volunteer Prince George. The Salvation Army is looking for volunteers to ring bells during their annual Christmas cattle campaign. The South Fort George Family Resource Center is offering the free drop-in Little Artists program from 10 to 11.30 Thursdays. And Two Rivers Gallery is open to the public Tuesdays through Saturdays from 10 to 5. For more information on these and other volunteer opportunities, visit volunteerpg.com or call 250-564-0224. While we continue to work through the COVID-19 crisis, BC's premier not-for-profit resource portal, Vantage Point, is offering their organizational membership for free. Normally a $125 fee, their goal is to share their membership benefits with as many organizations as possible during this challenging time. Featuring sector advocacy and collaboration along with resources and professional development, find out more on Vantage Point and your organization's opportunity to obtain a free membership at thevantagepoint.ca. The perspectives of Canadians matter. Help us shed light on discrimination. Take five minutes to participate in Statistics Canada's Experiences of Discrimination Crowdsource Survey. Visit statcam.gc.ca slash participate and click the Participate Now button. The results will benefit people and communities across Canada. Most everyone knows not to drink and drive and that even small amounts of alcohol can be risky. But do we really understand that drinking small amounts of alcohol during the pregnancy can be harmful for our growing baby? even in those early weeks before the pregnancy has been confirmed. Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, FASD, is a lifelong disability that affects the brain and body of people who were exposed to alcohol in the womb. If you are pregnant or planning to be, please don't drink. There is no known safe time, safe type, or safe amount. We encourage you to see what's happening in your community to help reduce both the impact and the incidence of prenatal alcohol exposure. To learn more, please contact us at healthnexus.ca. Visit the bilingual FASD Ontario website or check out Canada's FASD Research Network. Spread the word. It's everyone's responsibility to help make pregnancies as healthy as they can be. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, so we were talking about Fox News and the uh, falling out of Fox News and Donald Trump. And I love the story from election night when Fox News called Arizona yes. for CNN Biden. Hadn't. For Joe Biden, they said, well, we're going to call it Joe Biden has won Arizona. And uh, Donald Trump didn't call, but his, uh, his son, I believe it was Don Jr., or maybe it was Eric, one of them, 
or maybe it was Jared Kushner, one of them was upset enough that he called the owner of Fox News, of the Fox Network, uh, Rupert Murdoch. And Murdoch basically said, get lost. Good. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that's uh, a good indication of what really went wrong with Donald Trump uh, in the White House is that he it got to the point where he just uh, said too many things against people that were on his side that they eventually just said, well, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, you know, he just didn't have any filter. You know, if you look through some of the things that he actually did during his four years, he did do some good stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, but his personality almost always overshadowed it. Yeah. He, he was arrogant, and he was. He is arrogant, and he's he, he um, uh, is sociopathic almost, you know? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that was the tough thing, I think, for most people. Uh, people watching but also for reporters because you couldn't you couldn't get through the bravado to find out well what exactly was the policy because it was all delivered in we've done the best air ever done for this group of people period ever okay well, what was that what was the policy right. explain this but it, but you know donald trump wasn't a politician no so he didn't know those niceties or those, yeah he, he or, or painted those. everything with a big brush big stroke of paint and said this is the way it is right and he was a businessman and he used those tactics when it comes to dealing and negotiating with people whereas a politician would use you know maybe more subtle tactics right so i actually uh, i almost think i, I want to read his book the art of the deal to see if he ever got off that or if if what we saw was his take on how to deal with people because uh, my understanding in business and in negotiations is if you can approach it from a win-win situation you're more likely to succeed and I never saw that in any of his his discussions about things. It's this way or, or forget it, right? Right. And so where's the win-win? Well, but that's never been his style. His style has always no. been to push through and to So that's why I say I'd, I'd like to read the book to see just how he figures this is uh, the art of the deal. Right. You know? well, well, I mean, you got to I mean, you got to remember 71 million people still support Oh, that's Donald true. Trump and his Republicans. And so that's something that the, the Democrats are going to have to address. They're going to have to <laughs> sit down and say, you know, we need to reach these people um, on whatever level. A lot of it, though, is in the media. Sorry, including, uh, I guess maybe including us. But um, on, on in the United States, they just seem to be slanted in certain directions. CNN really seems to be anti-Trump, and you see that in everything they do. Yeah. Fox, for the longest time, was pro-Trump, but now has become anti-Trump. So you kind of get blinded by these, these lenses, right? Um, who well, knows? I've never yeah. met Donald Trump. I don't know what he's really actually like. Yeah. I just see it through the lens of the media. And the media can be very uh, um, selective on what they show you. Oh, for sure. And that's one thing that like, I, I mostly see uh, stuff on YouTube that's been posted by people that I know. Right. are anti-Trump. Right. So I have to remember that as I'm watching it. And sometimes it just gets too much. You go, okay, well, really, you're you're just kicking the guy for the sake of kicking the guy. Right. Let's move on. Yeah, the guy's not Satan. Come <laughs> no. on. Well, you uh, gotta, you got to remember some of the things that he has done. And one that all, like still gets me is walking across the street from the White House. For a oh, the whole walk. Bible thing. For the Bible. Yeah. And before the photo op, he turned that Bible upside down. 
Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, that's now. I'm sure, he didn't do that on purpose. Let, let's get back to the seventy-one million, <laughs> seventy-one and a half million, because one thing that we have to keep in mind is those are the people that voted for Donald Trump, not necessarily the people that were adamantly voting for Donald Trump, because there are probably quite a few million in there that looked at it and said, well, you know what? He's good for my portfolio. I'm going to give him my vote. Biden wins, and they go, well, I'll still be okay. It just isn't going to be as good as, uh, as I'd hoped. Well, the interesting thing about American politics is you could sit there and say, you know, I think I want Donald Trump as my president, but I'm going to vote for my senator as a Democrat, or I'm right. going to vote for my congressman as a Republican. You can, you have that choice of, yeah. of being able to distribute your your vote, right? Whereas here, you you vote for your candidate, and they represent the the prime minister, right? Yeah, and that's the other aspect of the election where. Uh, the Democrats didn't do as well as they'd hoped no. because they lost seats in the House and the Senate. Uh, I, I never saw the final numbers, but it's well, no, basically the Senate is going to be decided in January in, in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Oh, okay, because right now it's, it's basically yeah, basically a split. Right, and you know th- th- what they said: these two counties where they have are these two seats in Georgia. On any other election, would have just passed by the the bottom of a screen saying so and so had won by so many votes or right. so and so had won. Well, they weren't that important. One. Yeah, they weren't that important. But now the entire world, yeah. the United States, and everybody's going to be pumping millions of dollars into these two <laughs> minor little seats. The, the balance of party. The balance, yeah, the balance of power, of power in the in there. Yeah. So if you have Biden as the president, they have Congress still. They lost seats, 17, I think. Yeah. And then the Senate is, is, demo, is a, a Democratic, too. Um, that makes it a lot a easier. Huge difference, for the yeah. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps it for today's show. There is no show tomorrow. It is Remembrance Day. Don't forget to take a little bit of time out to remember yes. the reason that we can sit here and discuss things like this without fear of repercussions. Uh, because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, well gave said. their lives for that. Well said. Yeah, lest and, we forget. And we will have our, uh, our special uh, Remembrance Day. Uh, lead in to 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Make sure you tune in for that. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the Heritage Free Presbyterian Church, 4020 Balsam Road.